We are back for the part two of the personal branding mini-series. I hope uh, you all enjoyed the first part where I really sort of dived into why I think you should start investing in your personal brand as a recruiter, um, gave you some, some cool stats and um, data around that. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, as I said, um, the last part of this mini-series, I'd really like to dive into uh, some questions that you send me. Um, I've had a couple of questions uh, from of the back of the first episode, but not as many as I would like. So I'm going to start this episode by saying, um, if you have any questions that's on your mind or just relevant to you, be as selfish as possible. If you want to ask me anything about this personal branding topic, which I'm sure you're, you're seeing, you're hearing a lot more about online, then please do drop me a message on LinkedIn um, within in the next seven days because what I'm going to do in the next episode, as well as sort of share my thoughts and opinions um, I'm going to go through all the questions um, that I got sent and answer them uh, individually. So um, if you haven't already, um, give me a message, drop me a message um, and let me know if you have any questions for me on a topic um, I love talking about. So let's dive into it. I think how I rounded up uh, the, the sort of first episode was how you can start and, and what you should start with. But ultimately, the first part of this was really talking about um, why I think you should start from my perspective and, and what I've learned over the last uh, three to four years. So this episode um, is going to be more about sort of talk about some of the common excuses uh, that I hear, um, how to deal with uh, your colleagues when they think you're a weirdo, um, how sort of hacks around uh, you creating content um, and those types of things. So going to really dive into sort of the, the sort of journey or when, once you've decided to start and, and those types of things. So the first bullet point I have um, on here is I haven't got time to post Hesham. Now, I hear this a lot, especially in the recruitment world. Um, our lives can be very very busy. <laughs> Spinning loads of plates, candidates, clients, internal meetings, etc. Uh, there's a lot going on. So the most common excuse I'd say um, is I haven't got time. So what I always say to people when they tell me this is, and I've said this a few times, uh, if you've listened to the Recruitment Agency Expo talk, I've said it on there as well. But the best way that I can sort of bring this to life to actually make you realise that you do have time is how long do you spend scrolling through your LinkedIn newsfeed? I think that's all, that's all you need to think about for you to change your mind on this excuse. Because look, I spend at least, at least 30 minutes to an hour each and every single day, probably longer if I'm honest, um, scrolling through uh, my LinkedIn newsfeed. And that's just LinkedIn, let alone Instagram, let alone all the other social platforms. So, but in terms of work, um, you're, you're, you're at least spending that much time doing that. So what I'm trying to um, allude to there is that instantly start making that 30 minutes. When you catch yourself 
just start scrolling through LinkedIn newsfeed, watching the uh, videos, all that. When you catch yourself doing that, go, shit, right, okay, I'm gonna actually just write down a couple of ideas of content that I can do, or actually write some content. So that's my point here is that when you realize that you've got an extra 30 minutes to an hour each and every single day, make that into your brainstorm of content ideas, your actual content creation time, um, and you're instantly gonna get 30 minutes to 60 minutes to do that, okay? So let's underline that. You do have time. We all have time. We all have the same amount of time. I'm going to talk about how you can, uh, how this can, how in terms of the the content you create can make this easier. But first and foremost, let's let's realise together that you do have time. Let's not use that excuse to say, oh, I'm really up for this. I'm up for trying it, doing things differently, but I'm just too busy. That's not a valid excuse, right? Um, You will make time. Um, and you do have time anyway because you're scrolling through your LinkedIn newsfeed 30 minutes to 60 minutes each day um, because I know I do. I did when I was a recruiter and I know all of you listening right now do that at least. So when you realise that, recognise it and take some action in terms of the personal branding piece, whatever that may be. All right. So that's the, uh, that's the first bullet point. Cool. So the next bullet point I wrote down was how do I deal with people around me not agreeing with me or company not agreeing with me? So I'm going to start with the colleagues uh, part because I had to deal with this. I'm going to talk from personal experience. So um, for those of you that don't know, I had a terrible first year in recruitment. And when I say terrible, I build 24K on an 18K basic salary. Um, I was very grateful to still have my job at the end of those 12 months. But that was because I was in a small business. I sat next to the owner of the business and there was nowhere for me to hide. So I was trying my absolute socks off uh, to make those billings and to, to, to be successful in this role. So when I went into the second year, I was really open to how I could um, approach building my desk because in the first year it was a real what I got told it was a real training ground and um, I learned from everyone from around me I tried to take the best parts but ultimately I just learned the traditional methods of how to um, make more placements and, and build my desk and build relationships and that was um, outbound LinkedIn emails it was outbound um, cold calls it was uh, calling people from the database it was job boards it was all that and I continued to do that. But in my second year, I went into that year approaching it uh, with a mindset of I've got nothing to lose because I've just built 24K um, and um, I'm open to trying to do things a bit differently to try and get hold of people because that was my biggest challenge. So uh, fast forward that when I consistently started putting myself out there, I was in a small business of eight people and people did think I was a weirdo in the office. And that isn't something that everyone can deal with. It's difficult, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to really make you reluctant to, to um, start to create a video in the office or post something that all of your colleagues are going to see and then talk to you about it. So I just wanted to talk about this for a second, how to deal with it. So for me, um, I think this comes down to uh, the mindset piece, um, if I'm honest, because when when my colleagues and, and the colleagues that have been doing recruitment for three, five years, around uh, longer longer than me, around me, um, were sort of looking at me and thinking, what, what the hell is this Hesham guy up to? Um, I had to have a bit of resilience there 
because I was putting myself out there. So let alone was I thinking about, right, okay, what is my market going to think of me? I had my colleagues who were also give, putting their opinion on me. So I think this really sort of tests your, your mindset in, in sort of being committed to putting yourself out there. So I think what helped me was the decision I made was I've got nothing to lose. Um, and I think you should all think that too because you're still going to be doing everything that you do, what all great recruiters do. And by just, just being open to trying to, to speak to your market and the people that you want to speak to differently, um, you literally have nothing to lose. Like literally, you have absolutely nothing to lose because if you don't like it and it doesn't work, the, then you're going to crack on and, and make things happen anyway. And that is a great thing about recruiters. You will make things happen. So um, the first thing is like you have nothing to lose. So even if you're a, your colleagues think you're a weirdo, that's fine because you're not going to lose anything about, by it. And if I'm honest, if you've got people just discouraging you, then like fair play to you to trying to put yourself out there and if if you've got people around you that are discouraging you and and being a bit negative then you need to mute those people because they're not the type of people that you should be listening to anyway um so anyway the mindset so the other part was and you can say this to your colleagues like the biggest thing for me was I was doing this a big reason was because my competitors were doing nothing like, go look at your competitors, like the recruiters that you come up against on a weekly, um, daily basis and check out what they're doing. I'm sure a high percentage of them are just posting about jobs. If you look to their LinkedIn profile right now and scroll through their posts, it's all going to be about jobs. And that's going to be their company as well. I speak to recruitment businesses every single day and 70 to 60% of them, when I look at their company pages, are shite. It's all about jobs. It's all about jobs. And look, you and I know that that doesn't work. I didn't make one single placement from posting a job advert online. It just, it just doesn't work, in my opinion, uh, for the roles that I, for the industry that I was in anyway, which was insurance. So you've got nothing to lose. And quite frankly, if you start and, and put yourself out there, you're, you're going to have the chance to be ahead of your competition. So when your colleagues are saying, what are you doing? This doesn't work why are you trying that, that's a bit weird, etc. then say, well, my comp- I'm doing this because I really feel like that I've got a chance here to beat our competitors. And that's hopefully something they can relate to because all of those people in, in your office right now should know who your competitors are and should want to beat them. So again, I think you can, you can draw on that and say, look, I've recognised there's an opportunity and I think if we do this well or if I do this well, I'm going to beat my competition. So why would I not want to do that, right? So... I think that's that's just just um, worth thinking about and saying. And I think the la- the last thing is, look, recruitment. Um, a lot of people think obviously recruiters are selfish, but um, I get that you have to do a lot of things for yourself. So let let's let's draw on that for a second. Like you're building your recruitment desk. Who's who's to sort of dictate or say that you can't do it in a certain way? So I think if you've got people who are being negative, as I said, and are sort of just just making you feel a bit uncomfortable uh, with trying to put yourself out there and share your opinion online, then just ignore them. Like don't just like their 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 opinion isn't worth at that point because what do they know if they're not even trying? So 
I think just, just to round that off, it's, it's the mindset piece that is going to test you. It's going to test your resilience. It's going to test your sort of your thick, thick skinness. Don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> but you're going to have to be thick skinned because not only are you going to have to uh, be comfortable with um, putting yourself out there to your market and online, but also internally um, in your business, uh, you're going to have to deal with a few things there. But if I'm honest, um, I think more people will admire the fact that you're willing to put yourself out there. But you will get some banter for it from your colleagues. But I think on a company level, um, hopefully you should be in the business that um, are, honestly, I, I speak, that the recruitment businesses that I speak to are constantly saying, how can we get our recruiters more engaged with sharing their opinion online and trying to do things a bit differently? Recruitment businesses want their recruiters to do that now. So I think it will, it will hopefully make you stand out within your business, but also within your market, most importantly. Um, the other point is obviously what about the the company not agreeing with, with you and, and sort of trying to rein you in or dictate what you can share and what you can't share. I mean, look, that, that is a difficult one because I've... I've never been in that position where I've been in a huge corporate recruitment business um, and where I've, I've been told that, no, you can't post that Hisham or you can't share that. Now, so I can't really lean on any sort of personal experience um, if you're in that position. Um, but I think my advice would be to just to communicate to whoever's needed to um, internally about why you're doing it and what your objective is because at the end of the day, it's in their interest. If you're going to start generating inbound business um, and it's going to help you build your recruitment desk, which in turn is going to uh, help them grow their business, then hopefully there shouldn't be too much friction uh, around that. Um, and at the same time, um, you, there should hopefully be more and more businesses out there, recruitment businesses that are encouraging you to do this. So if you turn around and go, look, I've been listening to this podcast or I've seen a lot of people speak about it. I really want to try and uh, start sharing my opinion online. What are your thoughts on it? Like communicate to the people internally. It will show that you're, you're really serious about your recruitment job. You're engaged with it. You really want to make something of it. So um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not too sure on the, on the big corporate level, but I think the, the small to, to medium and larger um, businesses, um, it should be fine. Um, I really do. Obviously, like you've got to be a bit smart with what you are saying. And at, at the start, you might sort of try and be really, really too corporate and too rigid. But at the end of the day, you're, on, you're a trusted employee of these businesses. You're on the phone. You're meeting clients and candidates face-to-face. So they must trust you, your opinion, uh, your skill set. Um, and what you bring to the business and I don't see why that would change um, if you just start doing it online. So that's uh, my thoughts on that. Um, Look if you have any questions around that please do ping me a message because I I feel like that could be a quite challenging one internally so if you want to ask or send me any questions around that please do. Um, Right so now sort of more talking about how to make your life easier to, to create content. So what I've, I've got here, and if you consume content online from various people, you, you may have heard this and it really helped me. So document over create content. So what that, what that means essentially is um, if you need, you need to be consistent in this game. So if you have to like be really creative every single time uh, you need like you want to share content um, that's going to be difficult right that's that's quite that's going to be really difficult to um, keep that consistency 
And quite frankly, I don't think it's sustainable to always have to be creative when you're sharing content online. So the document over create piece is that documenting um, what you're doing, what you're up to, um, is your content, um, which makes your life easier because you're not having to be creative, right? So let me give you an example. On my recruitment agency expo talk, I went through my old LinkedIn posts. Now, you wouldn't have been able to see that if you listened to this, but I'll bring it to life <coughs> to go into detail about it. So um, I basically print screened all of my previous um, LinkedIn posts when I was a recruiter, like the old ones, and I started talking about jobs and doing job ads, as, as we all do. But and then going into my second year, you can really see how I was trying to do things differently. I started... Um, with just talking about uh, hating Mondays, um, hump days. If you're hating your job, basically, speak to Hisham. Uh, so my, my one rule was, was not to talk about jobs, and I would encourage you to have the same um, approach when you first start. Don't just talk about jobs. So um, I started in that place where I was saying, look, if you hate Mondays, talk to me, um, etc. Um, that that was me having to be a bit creative. If I'm honest, I had to come up with some not-so-great hating Monday image and then I had to, to, to write and talk about um, if you're hating Mondays talk to me but it wasn't too difficult so um, where I had a bit of a breakthrough was I um, I recruited in the insurance uh, market and I um, basically we, we really got involved with our industry that was a big selling point for us and I'm sure it is for a lot of you that you actively get involved with the industry that you recruit for um, so there, we uh, got involved with uh, the Insurance Institute, which essentially was um, a, the place where insurance professionals would uh, gain their professional qualifications. So uh, you'd be part of a membership, which included sort of uh, trips, learning development courses, and there was different institutes that would manage what would go on um, depending on where you lived in, in your areas and, and where you worked in insurance. Um, so there was one time um, I got involved uh, with it to help them organise and manage a trip to the Lawyers of London insurance uh, market. So I attended that with a number of insurance professionals and all I did whilst I was there was take a picture, which wasn't even great, of not even me. I wasn't even in the picture. It was just a picture of the, the Lloyds um, insurance uh, market and uh, I got loads of engagement and I thought, hang on a minute, all I did was just take a picture and sort of share with everyone like what I was up to because before I'd attend an event like that and no one would know about it besides the people there. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't document it essentially. I didn't take any pictures or I didn't write about it when I was there, nothing. So that was a real light bulb moment for me. So what I then uh, continued to do was when I was attending networking events, when I was at like, um, a, like a sports event, which was, again, involved with all the insurance professionals, uh, learning development courses, when I was with candidates, when I was with clients, I'd take pictures and I'd then write about it. So um, what I was doing there was just documenting over creating and all of you can start doing that right now. So next time you have a really good client meeting or you go to a networking event, or um, you're at a learning development course, which is focused again on your um, industry, like take a picture, like just try and remember, shit, I need to get a picture. Because even if it's just you there, if it's just a picture of like, I don't know, just like at, like the, at the event itself, you don't have to be in it. Um, but take a picture of what you're up to as a consultant, because at the end of the day, this was my biggest pet peeve was like when I spoke to new clients trying to build those relationships, they think that 
a lot of businesses out there still think that recruiters post a, a job advert online, put your feet up and let the candidates come to us. And as we all know, that is so far from the bloody truth. <laughs> so um, it's in your interest to sort of showcase that you are actively involved and you, you do more than just fill jobs, right? So try and have that trigger that when you are next at an event, like take a picture of some sort, or if you don't want to take a picture, just write about it while you're there, why you're there, how you thought it went, what's good about it, um, and those types of things. So document over create, um, and that's going to uh, really help you um, not lean on having to be creative all the time when you're sharing content. So I hope that was clear, and I hope uh, that helped. Cool. So my next point is actively listen for pain and motivations from candidates and clients. So I think uh, recruiters are in a really unique position to share content uh, and actually it can become really easy if you you feel consciously making the effort to share content, invest in your personal brand and those things because you're essentially the middle person between uh, the candidate that works in your industry, obviously, and the the businesses that you're working with. So you get to listen to both sides um, both sides of the fence, which means you will actively um, have conversations with clients who will tell you the challenges that they're having with running their business um, on the people side and other uh, other topics as well that will come up, all right? You're, you're trying to build relationships with these businesses and it's not all just focused on recruitment. It's, it's business first, recruitment second is what I've heard a lot and I tried to approach in that way. You wanna understand the business, the challenges and um, their goals and what they're trying to achieve and where they see the industry going. So when you're having those types of conversations with business owners and clients that you have relationships with, like have a keen uh, ear for it um, and sort of jot down mentally like what your clients are talking about consistently. Is it that they're having more and more people talk to them uh, within their business about work-life balance? Are you having more and more businesses talk about mental health and that they're actively trying to um, put things in place for their employees to help them with this? Is it, uh, are, your, are your clients talking about working from home? Etc. Etc. Diversity in the workplace. All these things, right? They might be sound like buzzwords, but you can make them relevant to your industry that you recruit in. So what I'm trying to say here is that have a keen ear out and listen uh, to what your clients are talking about. And when you notice a theme or when you have a really interesting conversation, don't just limit that to that one-on-one conversation. Share it online. That's not share what your client said, but share what you're listening to in the industry and what, how you think things are going and how businesses are changing and adapting the challenges that they're facing. Start sharing your opinion like you would in that conversation because you're going to listen to it and then you go, you know what, this is, this is what I think. I haven't spoke to other businesses and where I think it's going, etc. Be consultative. That's what your job is and that's what I'm sure all of you are doing. So the content is in your conversations. That's what I'm really trying to hammer home here is that Instead of limiting it to your one-on-one conversations, face-to-face, phone calls, uh, bring it to life online and share your opinion. And that goes the same with candidates, right? If you're listening to candidates and they're telling you um, about common challenges that they're having, their motivations, where they see the industry going, share your thoughts online about it. If you're going to be talking about those topics... More than likely, hopefully, if you do it in the right way, it's going to resonate with the type of people that you want to be speaking to, right? 
So start actively listening uh, to pain, challenges, motivations, aspirations, industry topics, and, and, and things that you think um, are important to the people that you speak to on a daily basis from the candidates on the client side that you can share your opinion online um, around. Um, and that should hopefully mean that it will grab the attention of the people that you want to speak to. But um, what I'm trying to say here is the content, a lot of you, a lot of people may think, oh, what am I going to talk about? But what you're talking about already is the content. That's what I'm trying to say here. And that's what really helped me. So to bring this to life, to wrap it up, is one of the, the my old posts that got um, probably the most amount of engagement and reach um, and, and messages from was um, I did a video on interview feedback. And I'm sure all of you listening right now have had the conversation with a candidate who took the time out of their day to um, attend an interview which was arranged by a recruiter and then they never heard anything back, right? Some of you may have even done that, right? Um, And that was something that I felt really strongly about because I thought, look, if a candidate is one trusted the recruiter um, on this job and listened to them um, and then took time out of their day, potentially sacrificed uh, some of their holiday to attend um, and then they never heard and then the recruiter never went back to them to give them feedback, which is so important, as all of you know, if it's not successful, how important it is to get that feedback. I just thought that was not on. And I thought that was something that a big part, a big reason one of the reasons why recruiters have such a bad name and it particularly was really common in the industry that I recruited for and my competitors were quite frankly shit and and that's what they did a lot of and that's what I tried to leverage and I shared my opinion on it and I shared why I think it's so important and why I will always make sure I give interview feedback um, and it done really well but all how I got that idea was by listening to candidates right so you can all start doing that too my last bullet point is you have to be consistent with sharing content when no one is listening. The biggest thing I see um, with people uh, sort of not being consistent is approaching it in the way that you're sh- you think you're sharing content with the expectation of getting something back. So you're posting um, something online and expecting to get likes, you're expecting to get comments, you're expecting to get inbound messages, you're expecting to make placements, whatever. When you first start, you just can't have that mindset. And if I'm honest, you have to continue not having that mindset. What helped with me is, look, if this post helps one person, I'm happy. Um, and, And the reason for that is because if you're so concerned around how many likes you're getting and how many comments you're getting you're you're not going to last because there's going to be loads of, if you're consistent there's going to be a number of posts that don't get as many much engagement as the previous time and what I'm trying to draw on here is that I do okay now engagement but that came that comes with time um, and that comes through being consistent and what I always related to was think about your first BD session it might have gone terribly wrong no one answered a few people told you told you to to bugger off um, and that didn't stop you from trying the next day, right? It's a, you have to approach it with the exact same mindset. That you have to keep going, you have to keep consistent, and you have to keep sharing your message. Trust me, you will continue to get more and more engagement. Um, you will continue um, to um, get more reach, more likes, more comments, because once you start sharing your opinion online, people then actually expect you to start sharing your opinion online, and you should expect yourself that I need to continue. If you started, you need to continue, and you won't reap the rewards from just one post. That's the other thing as well. Again, it, like BD, right? 
you can't just build your recruitment desk by just doing BD once a week. Like you have to consistently hammer at it and build relationships and continue um, doing it. Um, so you have to approach sharing content um, and sharing your opinion and building your personal brand the exact same way. So it comes back down to that that long term mindset, and it's exactly the same as a recruit in the recruitment world. You have to approach it that way because if you're in it for the for the short term, it's not going to work. It, it really is, and you may get some quick wins, and that's great. Um, however, to really reap the rewards um, of having a personal brand which you can leverage to build your recruitment desk and it's going to help you sell and it's going to help you be, uh, become a thought leader within your space that's going to come with time it really is going to come with time um, so what I'm trying to say here is um, mindset again when you start don't share with the expectation of getting something in return and be consistent you just have to be consistent even when no one is listening so to round that off again I, I alluded to this at the expo talk but um, just to, to really bring this to life, like I started this podcast when I worked in recruitment and it was getting anywhere between like 30 to 50 listens um, per episode um, and when I'd post about it, I wouldn't get much engagement at all. I'd get like two likes, four likes on the post on LinkedIn. Um, not many people were listening and it would have been very easy, easy for me at that point to go, you know what, no one's listening, um, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. But as I said, my... My thought process, particularly with the podcast, was like if I help one person, then I'm happy. Like I'm, I'm really pleased, um, and that's that's why I implore all of you to to approach it that way. If you help one candidate, if you help one client, if you just help one connection with what I'm sharing um, online, uh, then I'm happy. Um, so. And then to fast forward, so like this podcast now, it gets well over three thousand uh, downloads um, a month. Um, I get uh, so I get some real good engagement when I share um, LinkedIn posts around new episodes um, on LinkedIn. Uh, but that that's that's been like nine ten months of of consistency. So that's just to bring it to life that it will take time, like anything though, right? Like anything in life, it takes time. But in in recruitment, you recruiters out there, you should know that. Um, yes, you may have a really successful first year in recruitment, but if you don't, you know that the second year, the third year, the fourth year is where you're going to really reap the rewards of all your bloody hard work from building client relationships to building networks of candidates, etc. So that's, um, wow, that went quick. So that is part two of the mini personal branding series. I hope uh, you've enjoyed it. Um, I really dived into sort of uh, what you can be doing on a daily basis, creating content, um, why you need to be consistent, documenting over create, uh, creating, um, a lot of things there. So um, I hope you enjoyed it. Again, I'm going to say it for the final time uh, before the next episode. Um, please, please, please send me uh, some of your questions that you may have around this topic. As I said, be as selfish as you like. Um, I want to get some messages um, so I can um, answer them in the last and final part of this personal branding mini-series. And as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, um, please do uh, take the time to um, leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app. It would mean a lot for me. It enables me to reach more people, um, etc. So look, that is enough from me. I hope you enjoyed it. 
Again, if you've got any key takeaways from this episode, make sure you post it on LinkedIn, tag me. I hope you enjoyed it and I will uh, be with you again next week.